It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. How are you doing that time again? I'm recording this right before Memorial Day weekend. It'll post after that. So hopefully you had a great Memorial Day weekend. And for us, or for many people, this is the unofficial kickoff to the beginning of summer. Uh, Today's going to be a quick one. I want to go over a couple things. I came across a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about how participants inside 401k plans, 403b plans, what have you, are they're getting hit harder this time from the recent market decline and market volatility downward. And it goes into why that is. And I want to address that because I've talked about this many times in the past when you are participating in 401k plans is understanding what you are investing in and the risk you're taking is extremely important. And the other thing is still talking about cars. You guys have heard me say it before. If I get it, if I get one question a year, I get it 20 times a year. And that is the idea Matt, I need a new car. What's the direction we need to go? And with what's happened in the car industry, whether they're used cars or new cars over the course of the last 18 months, has been pretty astounding. So for instance, if you're coming to the end of a lease, what am I going to do? If I'm coming to the end of the lease and I'm over mileage for what the lease allowed, what am I going to do there? Maybe I have a car that's getting ready. It's on the brink of being done with. Is it smart for me to go out? and look for a car now. And again, whether it's used or new, the reality is that market, very much like the real estate market, has been escalating in value. So before we get into this, I want to make sure that we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So The article's title, and I'm going to make sure that I uh, include on the show notes that I include a link to this from the Wall Street Journal. The stock market's drop is hitting many 401ks harder this time. Why? Target date funds, a popular retirement savings option, are more heavily invested in stocks than what investors might think. Now, many of you, if you've been listening to the show for, you know, even over the last six months or over the last years that we've been doing this, is I have talked frequently. And by the way, I just want to, again, for compliance reasons, this is my opinion. 
I am not a fan of target date funds. The reality is target date funds have been around. They really came out of the crash of 2008 and early 09. And it was a way for, in my opinion, Wall Street to create this idea of here is a target date fund. It's a just set it and we will take care of the underlying investment account or the underlying investments themselves and gear you more towards being conservative the closer you get to that date that you chose being close to retirement. So for instance, if I'm going to choose a 2040 date, that means that the idea is in 18 years, I'm going to be retiring and the fund itself will be adjusting the uh, different underlying assets between stocks and bonds and becoming more conservative the closer I get. But the reality is what happens and what this actually says is many people don't realize how heavily invested in stocks they are. Now, the other thing that comes about from this with regards to target date funds is understanding, first of all, the different asset classes that the stock portion of that target date fund is investing in. And then on the bond side, what type of bonds are they investing in it? And this is where there comes with a lot of confusion. I remember this goes back probably about six or seven years ago. I had a client in my office uh, that, or I'm looking to become a client that was looking at the 401k. That's where all the money was. And it was literally the target date fund that they were in was in the year prior to the year we were meeting. So in that case, you would think, and I'm not going to mention what fund company offered this, but you would think then that that account should be at a maximum, probably a 60% stock, 40% bond, maybe even a 50% stock, 50% bond. But in this case, it was 72% in stocks, 28% in bonds. Much more risk from the standpoint of stocks are usually riskier than bonds than what the the investor there really thought. And that's the biggest thing that the article goes in and talks about. This idea of just set it and forget it and the underlying portfolio manager is going to adjust it accordingly is what they're realizing is over the course of the last 10 years, the fund managers have been shifting more and more towards the equity component in those target date funds. Now, why is that? Well, the reality is over the course, really since 09, the equity funds, the stock funds have been climbing. You know, they've obviously outperformed bonds, but guess what? Over the long haul, they're supposed to outperform bonds. That's because we're taking on more risk. We, we should expect more return. But if you're going to have one of these target date funds, that's quote, set it and forget it. When then, if we don't understand how the fund managers and what those underlying investments look like, we could really be in for a shock, especially with what's happening right now, and especially the client I mentioned from six, seven years ago was very surprised at how much stock exposure was there. So the biggest thing to under, understand is when we do an analysis on those type of funds, a target date fund, is that what I usually find, and this is probably 90% of the time, is that there's really only three different asset classes that the fund is invested in. First of all, we will have domestic U.S. large cap 
stocks. Basically, think of the S&P. Then we'll have international large stocks, the same type of component as the S&P domestically, but then internationally, and then intermediate term bonds. And that's all there is. So we're not really getting as much diversification underneath there as what we sometimes can do by creating a diversified portfolio from the 401k investment options that the fund or the the 401k allows us to have. And that's why I, I'm not a fan of these target date funds because so many times people just see that. In fact, many times the 401k plans are set where if you as the participant and investor do not choose where you want your contributions to go, the 401k plan is written where the default is a target date fund based on your date of birth. So it, again, it is so important to understand what the underlying investments are and how we are diversifying and how the fund manager there is how they're either scaling down the risk or they're not moving the risk. And that's what this article goes into. So it's real important in the 401k. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of investing in a 401k, uh, especially depending on your income. If there's a Roth 401k option, many times that's the only way you can invest in a Roth uh, retirement account. But the other thing is understand and look at all of your investment options and then decide how do I want to invest. Now, the way that, that I recommend and the way I personally invest and the way our firm recommends the investment mix that you put together is, is asset class diversification. So if you have the opportunity for U.S. large cap growth, maybe some U.S. large value or if anything, a blend of the two, and we'll go into what that is. If you have questions, reach out to us. Looking at mid-cap funds, that you know, that's those are smaller companies than the big ones, and then of course small cap, and you also look to do that internationally, and then on the bond side, it's intermediate term all the way down to short term, possibly even cash, uh, or many 401k plans, 403 plans will have a stable fund, which quite frankly sometimes can outperform. That the bond side, and you can use that as a bond alternative, but you can get much more diversified. Now, is this going to take some manual effort on your part? Yes. It's, it's not what the target date is meant for. What was it? Set it and forget it. This is where you're going to review it maybe once every six months, at least once a year. Do I need to rebalance? But you're going to be able to, you are the one that is determining the risk that's in that bucket of money that you're investing in. And you're either dialing it down as you get closer to retirement date or not. Maybe you have other money that's more protected. I was on the phone today with a client going over their 401k. And I, I reminded her that, you know, the reality is I, she's in that fund. She's very aggressive. And I said, you know, that's your aggressive fund. That's the bucket of risk where you're willing to take on more risk because we already have money in balance and we already have money in protected. But I bring this up because, again, this article really goes to the heart of understanding what target date funds are meant for, how they have changed over the course of the last decade. And that could be a reason why, if you're looking at your 401k statement, why am I losing more money based on the target date that I chose? Do an analysis for yourself or, if possible, look to diversify within 
the investment options you have within that 401k to even get more diversified. If you have questions about that, if you want to talk about yours, reach out to us, speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. Okay, listen, the other thing I wanted to go over, because I've, I've spoke with clients over the course of the last, I don't know, probably five times over the course of the last two weeks, and that is this car thing. And in a couple situations, the, the clients were coming to the end of the term of their lease. Now, the reality is, in both situations, the value of their car is greater than what they could buy the car out for right now. So, okay, that means that I can walk in. Let's say that my buyout on a lease is $30,000, but the value of the car right now is $38,000. I got $8,000 of equity. But if I buy it and I turn around and I sell it, or if I look to trade it in, what in this case, both clients found out was, well, yeah, I'm going to get that extra $8,000. They're going to buy me out of the lease, but now I'm paying extra for the new car. I mentioned the other day that you know we had a client that had to be $2,500 over sticker. I had another client earlier this year. It was $5,000 over sticker. Why? Because the new cars are not coming in. So it's typical. It's Econ 101. It's supply and demand. The reality is right now the supply isn't there, but the demand is extremely high. Now, in both situations, in one case we had on the lease side is that the client was able to go ahead and the the dealership that they were de- by the way it was the same de- it was the same maker so it was a Nissan to Nissan they were able to get a new deal but they didn't want to be locked in to a 36 or a 48 month lease so they actually were able to get an 18 month lease with the idea that the car they really want to get which by the way they're not even taking orders anymore for 2022 they're not going to start taking orders for 2023 until September September 1st. So they just did an 18-month lease to be able to get them to where they could order the other one and get out. And quite frankly, the money rate on that was very low. So And they got all of the equity as a down payment. That The equity that they had in the lease, they were able to use that as a down payment on the new vehicle. Now, in the other case, the client was coming to the end of the lease and their value was great, but again, they couldn't find anything that they really wanted or that they were, they were not willing to pay these escalated prices. So in their case, instead of going and leasing a new car, the conversation I had with them was, well, why don't you, if you're only going to hold it until this market calms down, which in their case, it might be 6, 8, 12 months, even with interest rates rising, in their case, it made more sense just to buy the car outright with their line of credit. Now, the other thing to realize on that, because many times when I talk to people and they hear that a home equity line of credit is a variable rate, usually where prime is the initial index. And if if they're raising rates, then obviously prime is rising as well, is they get fearful. But the idea that I was explaining to this client was when you go into a lease or you go into a purchase, you are utilizing what's called a close-ended loan instrument. It's going to be amortized. You are going to have a rate. And while the rate could be good, that closed-end loan, the interest that you are paying on that is calculated differently than a home equity line of credit or than a personal line of credit or than a credit card, which is only calculated based on the average 
daily balance. So even with rates rising, as they are right now, and we're expecting them to through the end of the year, as part of the Fed's um, attack on inflation, it still is cheaper than, in their case, going in and actually signing a new lease, even if it was an 18-month lease, or purchasing something new. And again, why? Because they're looking to hold out until they get what they are looking for. Now, in the other case, I'm going to talk about one more, and this is a purchase where the client uh, has a car they've had for a long time, up there in mileage, up there in years, and now they're wanting to get something new. And they were, okay, Matt, I want to pay cash for it. You guys have heard me say that in the past. And I was able to talk to them about, if you're already going to buy it, even with rates rising, even in the car market right now, the interest rates are still ridiculously low. Right before I I wanted to do this podcast, I just pulled up what the rates are at Toyota, Honda, and BMW. Toyota rates right now currently are as low as 1.75 to the high of 2.75. And again, this depends on the make that you're going to buy or the model you're going to buy and the term that you're going to finance. At Honda, it's 1.9 to 4.9. And at BMW, pretty much across the board, it was 3 So the reality is, even with rates rising right now, using somebody else's money is still very cheap. Whose money are you using? The bank's money. Now, do you have to pay it back? Absolutely. But as I spoke with a client a couple years ago who was looking at purchasing a home, we were talking about, in their comment, how much should we look to put down? And my comment was, back to him was, you know, the reality is with rates right now, I tell you, borrow as much as you can. I mean, this is free money. And they agreed with me. So don't be fearful when you are looking at if you're in this purchase situation or a lease situation with a new car or really across the board. I had another client that just got done putting on a roof and they were offering 36 months at 0% interest. I mean, it's a no-brainer. We're not going to yank a bunch of money out of an IRA, create a taxable event, when I can just pay that out over 36 months, and in that case, the cost on the money is literally zero. So, well, listen, everyone, I wanted to deal with those two uh, subjects today. Again, if you are someone that wants a 401k analysis of where your money is right now, and you are in those target date funds, reach out to us, speakwithmat.com is right where my online calendar is. You can schedule a time, we can talk or meet, whatever works for you. If you have a situation with the car, with vehicles, and you're wanting an analysis on that, reach out to us again, speakwithmat.com. You can schedule right there. The last thing I would leave you with what I always say, if you have a question or scenario that you want to address with us, just shoot it over to us, info at smartmoneyquestions.com, and we'll make sure that we address uh, that on the show. If you would like to speak more personally, again, my online calendar, speakwithmat.com. Listen, everyone, again, I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. We are looking forward to the summer. I hope you are too. Everybody, take care.